The What's This Full House Edition podcast is part of the What's This Edition podcast network, where you can check out other great shows like the What's This Disney Edition podcast, where Amy and Savannah go really deep into the Walt Disney collection from start to finish. So check out those other great shows on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and other really great platforms. Thank you so much for listening. I am on a mission of sorts to go through every Full House episode in order and break it all down to give you the full feel of what Full House is all about. From character analysis to even a psychological breakdown, I am determined to get through all eight seasons of this phenomenal show. As always, I am your host, Amy, and thanks for joining me and becoming a part of my Full House family. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the What's This Full House Edition podcast. As always, I am your host, Amy, and today we are going to be going through Season 1, Episode 19, called The Seven-Month Itch, Part 1. So, this one has, obviously, a second part to it. I love that about this portion of the season. They, they cut it up into two episodes, which has never been done so far in the series. So this is our first um, dual episode thing going on. And I was actually surprised that it wasn't used for the season finale. It is kind of odd that it's placed two episodes before the season finale, which is, I don't know, it's kind of different having it be here in the season and not at the end. Um, and so I'm really liking it. And then we have part two next and then two more episodes after that. And then we are done with season one. And that's really exciting because I am so looking forward to season two. So many of my favorite episodes are there and it just creates this whole new thing. And it's not like a baby anymore. (laughs) It becomes like its own little show. So let's get into it today. Um, so the seven month itch part one was written by a lot of our favorites that we have seen and heard from before. We have Jeff Franklin, who wrote this one, directed by Lee Shalit, who also directed the last episode called Just One of the Guys, and that it was produced by two guys that we know, Don Van Atta and Lenny Rips on this one here. So this one aired originally on March the 11th, 1988. So a little description here. We have after the family's Disneyland vacation gets canceled, Jesse's dinner date gets canceled as well. Jesse gets overwhelmed by never having any privacy, so he takes some drastic measures. So that is uh, what the episode's about today. And I wanted to just kind of go over the title of this episode called the seven-month itch. So I had heard of the term seven-year itch before in my lifetime, so I I looked it up to kind of get an origin, because usually some of these episodes, they use uh, words and different sayings and things like that that are known, or their movie titles or song titles or anything. Like um, back in... Uh, episode eight was called Jesse's Girl. Do you remember that? And that is the title came from a Bruce Springsteen song. So here 
we have the seven-month itch, which the term is actually seven-year itch. So, yep, it is best known to us as the title of the 1955 film starring Marilyn Monroe and Tom Ewell, and it was directed by Billy Wilder. So the plot of this movie has Ewell's character working for a company that is about to publish a book suggesting that many men have extramarital affairs after seven years of marriage called the seven-year itch. So it has to do with someone in their life, I guess, searching or wanting some change after a a seven-month or year increment. So I did some math on this because Jesse, if you if you take the seven months, okay, how long has Jesse been living here in the Tanner home? Okay, he's been living there since episode one when he moved in, which was September of the previous year, which would make it, is it of the previous year? Yeah, yeah, which would make it about six and a half-ish months to now. So that's where we're getting that term on this episode here. So I think that's enough of that history lesson. And we should get into our episode now. So there is lots to go over here in this episode. So you're going to have to bear with me as it might get a little confusing, but I'll try to make it, you know, as easy as to understand as possible. So we have Jesse and he comes into the living room from the kitchen. He's on the phone with a girl. Oh, gosh. Okay. Her name is Samantha. So someone, this woman we've never heard of or seen at all. Um, It seems like they've been seeing each other for a while, but she has been unknown to us until this point. So remember a while ago when I was so tired of seeing episodes like surrounding the relationships that Jesse was having with like all these different women. I mean, it literally started in episode one with Vanessa and then we had Roxanne. Then we had the girls from the sea cruise and it was just this conglomerate of these episodes. And and then there was like a break in those types of episodes. And now Uh, We had, like, some silly ones and some ones about the girls, and now it's kind of shifted back, and here we are again. Yeah. I guess you have to make it about something, I guess. Ugh. So, Jessie tells Sam that it's going to be the most romantic weekend of her life. He also tells her that there will be an empty house, and the family is going to Disneyland, which, this is sort of, kind of like a little bit of a precursor for something that happens way, way, way later in the series, sort of. If you know what I mean, you know. But we will get there in about like, I don't know, probably 10 years. So stay tuned for that. (laughs) As Jesse's conversation with Sam ends, Stephanie runs in and she's running around like crazy because she's so excited about going to Disney. So, Jesse's on the phone, still. He's about to hang up the phone, and as he is hanging up, he says the weirdest thing ever. He says, bye, Aunt Irene. He says, bye, Aunt Irene, really fast, and then hangs the phone up. 
So there's a few things about this that are like so incorrect. Okay, so he was talking to Sam, not Aunt Irene. So why would he want to hide the fact that he was talking to a girl on the phone? He's never been he's never been like afraid of talking to a girl in front of the girls before. So why why would it be any different now? I I don't know. And so he's talking to Sam, not in Aunt Irene. Also, number two, there is no relative that is an Aunt Irene. But, but, Jesse's mom's name is Irene. So why would Jesse even say, bye Aunt Irene, in the first place? Like, what what was that for? I, I, I can't figure it out. So maybe this was maybe like a script, uh, a mistake, or even something maybe John Stamos did in that moment um, to hang up the phone to like focus his attention or he misread something somewhere and that's just what came out of his mouth and they kept it in for Lord knows what reason. But I mean, that's what was said. And yes, I noticed because I'm a noticer of everything. <clears throat> so Danny and Joey then come down the stairs with Michelle and Stephanie asks DJ, who also came down, how it's going to be at Disney. So DJ replies, it has the greatest rides and Mickey and Minnie come up and play with you while you wait in line, which I really don't think they do anymore. I think you have to like pay extra. That would be a, such a Disney thing to do, you know, have them have you pay extra for them to come play with you while you wait in the rides. I really doubt they do that anymore. But Stephanie wants to leave like right now. Like she's like, she's like out the door. She wants to go. And Jesse is kind of pushing them out too, since Sam is on her way there. So the family leaves and Jesse is excited too now because he's got this house to himself and he can just have some peace and quiet you know, for a change. And we, we then see like literally within, you know, the next scene, we see Jesse and Sam entering the house wearing tennis outfits, carrying tennis equipment. So, so the family leaves, Jesse's alone. So does Sam drive to the house and then they leave together? Why couldn't Jesse have just met her at the tennis court, we never saw her actually show up to the house until now. So that was a little odd to me. I was kind of expecting, you know, I've seen it before. But, I mean, if you if you haven't, you're kind of expecting Sam to, like, show up. Um, but she doesn't. She shows up later in the day with Jesse in these tennis outfits. So... Note also, this is the first time we're actually seeing who Sam is. So we now, you know, we've never heard of this Sam girl. So we've never seen her before. And uh, Jesse goes on to say that Sam has been playing tennis her whole life. And he just started that day. And he beat her on three straight sets. And it's all because she let him win, of course. And she's this kind of silly, like, personality, um, 
with Jesse. You can tell that they have this natural chemistry going on. And she's probably one of the more outgoing types compared to the other girls that he's been with. You know, you look at this girl and you're almost like, oh, she could be the one, you know, for Jesse, which that's a whole nother episode all in itself. It really is. So they go on to say that Jesse and Sam have only been seeing each other for one month, which would place her in his life at the start of episode 17, Danny's very first date, which aired on March the 12th, 1988. So that was two episodes ago. And so it it would really actually be Jesse's first date with Sam. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? So they go on to say that they have been, this would be the first time they, they can be alone together since Sam lives at her parents' house and that's why Jesse can't go to her place and that's why she's around, I guess. That's the reasoning behind it. So we have a tiny scene change, and bear with me, because this portion is going to get probably a little bit confusing. So we see Jesse in the kitchen, and he's setting the table for his planned romantic dinner with Sam. But I noticed something in the background. There is, like, very bright sunshine outside. Um... I understand the family left sometime in the morning. Jesse and Sam go play tennis, maybe late morning, early afternoon. Then they get back. Sam gets in the shower. Jesse starts doing this dinner thing. So my projection is telling me it's probably around four, maybe three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm just saying, like, is this, is this like lunch or is this dinner or is this, what is this? I can't figure it out. But anyway, but anyway, okay. Jesse brings Sam some champagne in the bathroom upstairs. So she's up in that bathroom there that's across the hall from Jesse's room. He tells her he's going to go slip into his evening attire, but he goes into his room. She's in the bathroom. And so now nobody is like wandering around the house. So while Jesse's doing that, and at 6 minutes, 42 seconds, the family walks back in the front door. So they're kind of talking amongst themselves, and they go on to, like, they say that the airplane got fogged out, and they can't make the flight to Disney. So obviously, I did some research on this. Since the Tanners live in San Francisco, California, and they want to fly to Disneyland, which is in Anaheim, California, if they drove, according to the fastest route, okay, it would take seven hours and 14 minutes to drive, which is absurd, okay, to go to Disney. Also, because it's in the same state. Come on. Seven hour drive? No. So, if they flew, it would only take them about 54 minutes, which is obviously the better travel way to get to Disney. Stephanie is 
visibly upset, of course, but at seven minutes, two seconds, Danny promises that they will go to Disneyland another time. So kind of keep that hidden in the back of your mind. We'll get there way later. And I'll definitely be coming back and referencing this portion of this episode when we do get there. But Danny feels so bad that Stephanie missed out on her Disney trip that he's going to make the first Tanner family fun night. Yes. Woo. So she's still not enthused by this, which I don't blame her. I would rather go to Disney too than hear anything to do with the Tanner family fun night. Like, screw that. So she doesn't want to participate in the family fun night. And she runs upstairs and DJ follows her. Danny, Joey, and Michelle follow them. So at this point, Jesse hasn't seen that the family's back or heard them. He's still getting ready. But now at this point, he comes down the stairs in the kitchen. So the family left the stairs going up in the living room. He's coming around through the kitchen. So he hasn't seen them yet. So he comes down and he's wearing this fancy Jesse outfit. And he's really excited about his dinner date with Sam. So then we go back upstairs. We see DJ asks Stephanie what she wants to do tonight. And she says she wants to mope. And she goes into her room to pout. Joey goes to drop off Michelle in her nursery. As Danny says he's going to tell Jesse that we're back. He thinks that Jesse is the one in the bathroom there. Because he hears the shower going. Thinks it's Jesse. Of course he would think it was Jesse. He didn't know he was going to have a girl over. He didn't say nothing about it, I guess. What for whatever reason. So Danny knocks on the bathroom door, not knowing Sam's in there. Sam replies, thinking she's talking to Jesse. And then Danny just waltzes right in the bathroom. Because... He, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't just walk in on somebody in the shower, you know, uh, relative or not, you know, you just don't, you don't, you don't do that. Okay. He did notice a woman's piece of clothing in there and he asks Jesse if he wears those clothes every time that they leave the house. But then Sam, which how mortified would you be? I'm just saying, Sam pops her head out of the shower curtain, and Danny is then surprised that there is a strange woman in his shower. Um, now they're both mortified, but Danny then goes on a, a, a probably a two-full-minute talking rant and then just leaves the bathroom. If I was that girl, I would have rant. I would have got my crap and left. I would have left. But Danny calls for Jesse... Jesse leaves the kitchen. Then the girls and Joey enter the kitchen. So they still haven't seen each other. They're just like chasing each other at this point around the house. So the girls and Joey enter the kitchen to see all this prepared food. And they're just like, oh, it's made like especially for us. Let's sit down and enjoy. So they start like eating this food like it's... 
It's probably really expensive. Jesse put his time and effort into all of it. And they just sit down and chow down and just, they don't care whose it is. And, ugh. But Joey, you know, Joey is like really sweet here and makes it fun for Stephanie because, you know, she wanted to go to Disney and she's moping. So Joey, with his great impressions, starts like this kind of, you know, let's take a trip to Dinnerland and makes it sort of like this Alice in Wonderland party party. And so they, yeah, they sit down and they just start eating. This is the moment here, though, that Jesse comes down to see that his dinner has been ruined and rips the food out of Joey's hand. Jesse is mad and wants to know why they aren't at Disney. Stephanie goes on to say, you know, fog, that was the reason. Danny then comes down, says he met Sam, which Jesse doesn't seem too enthused about, you know, neither would I. Joey says then, I hope we didn't ruin your weekend, but they, they kind of did. I mean, gee whiz. So, yeah, like Jesse was really looking forward to this time with Sam. And okay, so at 11 minutes, 10 seconds, they are all in the living room and Danny brings out the games and Jesse is obviously really upset that he now has to spend the weekend with, as Jesse would call it, the Partridge family. And if you look at Steph, too, her face, she like wants nothing to do with this. Nothing. She's just sitting there completely just out of it. She, she wants nothing to do with it. So Danny whips out his guitar and hands it to Jesse, which I don't know why he does that. Danny can play the guitar very well and has in the show. So I don't know why he hands it to uh, Jesse, but he does and wants to know if Jesse can play. If you're happy and you know, clap your hands. So Danny wants it to keep going, and Joey does his Popeye impression. And Sam, which this attitude is really quite surprising for me, Sam is sitting there holding Michelle, and she's just soaking it in. She's loving this family fun, this sing-alongs, this, you know, I don't know if she's crazy or what, but she's just having a grand old time sitting here with this family I mean, Danny pretty much saw her naked in the shower. I, I don't know why she's still there at this point. I, I, I uh, wouldn't it have been like totally awkward knowing that these that I you know a guy besides her boyfriend just witnessed her in the shower. I mean, wouldn't you have left? I would have been out of there way before all of this. I'm just saying. But I'm going to take a very short break, and I will be right back right after this. Alrighty, and welcome back. So, we are we are here at the family fun night, and Stephanie is not feeling it. Danny gives her some advice, but DJ says Danny's next idea, which I don't remember what it, what it even was. It didn't even matter. DJ says that his idea was dopey. And of course, of course, when you hear that word dopey, what do you think of? Okay, you think of the most beloved of the, of the seven dwarves from Snow White. 
And it, it reminds Stephanie of Disney, and she just can't deal with it anymore, and she leaves the room, and DJ follows her, and, you know, then we have the guys and Sam there in the living room, but Jesse gives Danny and Joey, like, this kind of hint to leave, so they leave, and now Jess and Sam are finally alone, but... For whatever reason, Sam wants to do their romantic night the next night. But Jesse, and this is important, remember this. Jesse can't since he promised to babysit the next night. Okay, remember that. Jesse promised. He promised. Michelle comes in while... Sam and Jess are making out because now they're alone. But Jesse gives her $5 and tells her to go catch a movie. She takes the money and leaves, which this just goes to show that, I mean, what, what great, phenomenal little actresses they are. And it just had the most perfect comedic timing and just won my heart for this episode. That three seconds right there really was like the icing on the cake here. So now we have DJ who goes to check on Stephanie to give her advice too. And Stephanie says that DJ has been to Disney before. We did hear DJ talk a little bit about Disney at the beginning of this episode, but before that, we have never heard her talk about it or, you know, heard of her even going. But DJ then tells her sometimes we don't get what we want. And get this. She brings up the time she was supposed to get the Oat Boats commercial and Stephanie got it instead. Also note, that's from my favorite, in my top five favorite episodes, episode 13, Sisterly Love. That was the entire episode. So DJ said, well, what did I do when you got the part? Did I sit around and mope? And Stephanie's response, and again, whoever her writers are, I can't so funny. She said, no, you chased me around the kitchen and tried to kill me. And then DJ kind of realizes, yeah, that particular story was a bad example. And she's just trying to make her smile and she starts to tickle her. And then Danny comes in, but Stephanie then stops laughing and continues to mope. Danny says she has every right to be sad and he understands. So right here in this episode this is quite odd because usually we have the heart talk at the end of the episode, but in this particular case we have and I would usually call it a uh, half a heart talk because it's halfway through the episode. But when in the case of a half a heart talk there's usually one at the end. In this episode, that is not the case. So this would make this heart talk the main heart talk of this episode. There is not one at the end, which might be a first. 
for us folks. Might be a first. But Danny goes on to explain to her that since she's wasting all of her time moping about one thing, she's missing out on all the other things that are going on around her in that present moment, like the family sing-along. And he says, you can feel sorry for yourself or you can join in on the fun and move on to the next thing. So DJ kind of has this odd idea um, to tickle Danny. So they both start tickling their dad. Jesse comes through the wa hallway. At this point, too, Sam has left the house. I don't know where she went. She went home, I guess. And But, but Sam is gone. Jesse sees them from the hallway and shuts the girl's bedroom door. He's upset now that Sam has left. And Joey comes in and Jesse wants to talk to him. Joey is really nice here and apologizes for messing up his night with Sam. Jesse asks him if he ever gets tired of living there. But Joey doesn't. And here is why. And you might already know why because I've talked about Joey's you know, childhood so much in previous episodes and why he does certain things and why he acts a certain way. But in this case here, um, my reasoning behind why it doesn't bother Joey is because when he was growing up, he didn't have any siblings. So the dynamic of having a big family is something Joey always dreamed about. And now that he has it, he sees absolutely no problem living in a house with a lot of other people and being responsible for so many things. Like he's wanted, he's loved, he's surrounded by people, he gets joy out of it. And like, he just likes having people to care about, which is crazy about Joey's character and kind of sad at the same time. If you look at his childhood up until now, you know, that's, that's just so huge for Joey's character. So here we are, and Jesse understands that about Joey. But Jesse is, you know, asking himself, like, what's he doing? Like, what happened to his rebel lifestyle? He's tired of sleeping alone, and he wants to be free again. And he can't have any privacy or be inspired by anything, and he wants to accomplish things and... He believes that living there is holding him back and he feels like his life is out of control of his control and he needs to gain it back again. But, you know, Joey is being a really good friend here and he's like, you know, just look at the bright side and tells Jesse to sleep on it. Just, to, you know, just chill, man. Just have a good night. Just sleep on it. But at 10... Uh, 20 minutes, 15 seconds, Jesse is sleeping, and Sam walks in. Sam talks to him, then DJ comes in asking for help with her homework. It's like the middle of the night. Then Stephanie comes in and asks him for a piggyback ride. He says, I don't want to give you piggyback ride. And she says, yes, he does. And then they do that interchange. Do you remember previously in a, in a lot of our earlier episodes, we had this back and forth. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. So 
that um, if you want to check out more of those interchanges, those are definitely in episodes one and two. Then I do talk about them there. But okay, so then Michelle, of all people, comes in and starts talking. So now at this point in time, you can see the scene unfolding and it is a dream sequence since everybody here, also Joey and Danny come in uh, and say, you know, it's your turn. You're their uncle. And so you're like, whoa, everyone's super creepy. (laughs) And it's all really weird circumstances. So just like, why is everyone in here at the same time asking for all these different things? And it's creepy. Yeah. So he kicks everyone out but Sam. DJ and Stephanie then appear. Then Danny and Joey appear and disappear. Sam goes on to say that they could be so happy. Then she, like, disappears into thin air. So this next part is my favorite of the episode. And I'll tell you why. Here it is. Oh, okay. So Michelle comes in. Okay, she's walking. She can walk on her own. She walks in there. Then another, another Michelle, everybody. Another Michelle appears. And I just have to tell you right now because since, I mean, I am so excited about this. Utterly excited about this. This is the first recorded time ever in the history of the world that we see Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen appear on the screen at the same time. Can I get an amen? Thank you. Thank you. Okay, even Jesse here in the scene says, there's two Michelles. So he's creeped out by it. But you know watching this that Michelle's played by two, two twins or twins, you know? And so that's just... I was blown away. I was blown away. Then we see a, I don't know if you guys know what like a fisheye camera effect is. So it's like a bubble camera. And if you go really close to it, it makes your face almost like unappealing. Actually, it's very creepy. And in this episode, they have this kind of camera eye effect where they're all standing there with their demands and they go in and out of the lens, like I was saying, and it's just, it's creepy. It's funny, but once you watch it, you'll understand why I keep saying it's creepy, because it is. Jesse finally wakes up screaming and he can't take it anymore. He's got to get out of the house. And so now it's the next morning. They kind of do a scene change to the next morning. And Danny and Joey go in to wake up Jesse, and he's not there. But there is a note left by him that reads, Guys, I didn't want to wake anybody up, so I left this note. I need to get away for a while. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know when I'll be back or if I will even be back. I don't think it's working out for me here. I'll call soon. Tell the girls I love them. Jesse. So that's surprising. You know, Jesse just up and leaves in the middle of the night with no communication, just the note. I mean, is, yeah. So Joey responds with, 
Jesse ran away from home. And my mom and I talked about this the other day, actually, and she stated that this comment, Jesse ran away from home, was probably a little harsh, and the comedic timing of it was not appropriate for the context of the situation. And we couldn't figure out why Joey would quote-unquote tell a joke at this particular time, but it does make me think, and you know I'm always going to revert to this, anything to do with Joey, I'm always going to revert to this because it just makes sense. It makes me think of like if something like this happened to Joey before in his life, like did someone leave him and leave a note that was, you know, pretty much what Jesse wrote? You know, and is, is Joey responding in a way that maybe a child would? Because Joey's got, like, this mind of a child in a way. So, yeah, that's my theory on that. Just makes sense. And the girls enter Jesse's room and ask, where's Uncle Jesse? Okay. So... That is it. That's the episode. But I did have a question, and I told you to keep this in mind. It was about, it was before the heart talk, but about halfway through. If Jesse promised to babysit the girls the next night, which would be, now be that night, so who's gonna, who's gonna babysit now? He's gone. He's gone. So I guess in part two, We'll have a lot of answers for these questions that we have. And when I have to say the three big words of the episode is to be continued. And that's it. That's the episode. And I hope it wasn't too confusing. It's a lot of back and forth, a lot of stuff, a lot of people, a lot of things going on. Um, the next one probably won't be too bad. But I wanted to get to... Our guest stars for this episode, we have one guest star, and you won't believe who it is. I didn't believe who it is. I actually knew who it was, <laughs> but I looked her up anyway, because of course I have to. And her name, the woman who played Samantha, her name is Chelsea Noble. And you might recognize Chelsea from another famous family sitcom. She was also on the show, Growing Pains alongside the last episode's guest star, Kurt Cameron. Okay, do you remember that? Kurt Cameron guest starred on the last episode with just one of the guys. Now, Chelsea Noble is on this one as a guest star. They were on the same show together, Growing Pains. Boom. Mind blown. But get this. They went on to marry each other January, July 21st, 1991, which was three years after this episode aired. Mind blown. That's it. Mind blown. It's interesting, though, because the first two met. They actually met each other on the set of Full House not on the show that they would go on to star in together. Because, I mean, Kirk Cameron's sister is Candace Cameron, so Kirk Cameron was probably on the set of Full House a lot of times, 
And maybe he invited Chelsea. Hey, man. Or Chelsea was there doing whatever. Maybe it was on the same studio lot. Who knows? But they actually met on the set of Full House, not on the set of Growing Pains. It's crazy. So Kirk, Kirk got married to Chelsea when he was 21, while Chelsea was 27 when they got married. In this episode in particular, Chelsea was 24. And in the last episode that Kirk Cameron guest starred in, he was 18 years old. They have now six children. And to end this episode with the best Disney reference, it's just a small world after all. And that is it, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the What's This Full House Edition podcast. As always, I am your host, Amy, and I will see you next time. The Full House Edition podcast has no affiliation with Full House or the Warner Brothers Studio. The views and opinions given by the participants are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the companies that they happen to work for. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.